There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the soon-to-be-very-rainy city of uh, Los Angeles, California. We're going to get it all done in a couple days here. Like two to four inches of rain tomorrow in the uh, Southern California Basin. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. It'll be 75 and sunny by Saturday. I've checked the rest of you still digging out from the uh, bomb cyclone. lot to get to. Uh, massive college hoops upsets. There may be a, a point in time in which we could talk about that. Um, I'll give you my thoughts in a moment on what I would do if I were the Lakers in regards to LeVar Ball, who's in Lithuania, but his comments have been heard stateside. But let's start with the National Football League and maybe get uh, get you a preview of the college football national championship, which is tonight. 
which I think is a lose-lose in the short term and a win-win long term for the college game. Uh, let's see here. The, where, have I, where, have I, where have I read this script before? The Chiefs start out hot and lose a big lead in a playoff game. Okay, I've seen this script. Oh, they lose at home. I've seen that script as well. Kind of remarkable. But the Tennessee Titans, which look like, well, a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs. And, and look, if we're reasonable about this, we're reasonable about this, the only reason the Jags, only reason the Titans, the only reason the Bills are in the playoffs is because the L.A. Chargers had no kicker to start the year, right? I mean, even or the Chargers, they couldn't finish the uh, Jacksonville game. Two interceptions of Blake Bortles in the last two minutes of the game, which they had the lead and still couldn't close the deal. The Chargers, though, without any question in my mind, one of the six best, probably one of the four best teams in the AFC. The Ravens uh, choke and collapse and the dysfunction within the Raiders. I could go on about other teams. And then the injuries to the Houston Texans. No J.J. Watt. Deshaun Watson gets hurt. Uh, Brian Cushion with PEDs. And the rest, as they say, is history. Those are not the elite teams in the NFL. But the Titans take advantage of Mariota uh, being the receiver, Mariota being the quarterback, Mariota being the blocker. And because the Kansas City Chiefs offense in the first half looked like the Chiefs the first six weeks of the season, and then it looked like midseason Chiefs the rest of the way, the Chiefs chiefed. You can't spell choke without Chiefs. 21-3 to at a home and they lose. And we will get to what happens to Alex Smith in the very near future, it appears as though his uh, days are at minimum numbered and more than likely up in terms of being a chief. Will he be a Bronco? Will he be a Brown? Will he be a Cardinal? By the way, welcome into our affiliate in Phoenix, running three hours of our show live. Uh, then, of course, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and Buffalo Bills. We'll lay some blame at the feet of Sean McDermott, the coaching staff, but also with uh, Tyrod Taylor. You guys know what an RPO is, a run-pass option. LaShawn McCoy, six times, goal to go, did not get the football in the backfield. It's criminal. But some of that is on Tyrod Taylor, who had the decision to hand it off or keep it, and he chose to keep it. I counted two of those six plays. So some of that's on Tyrod Taylor. The Jaguars move on. What's it mean in the AFC? It means that even when the Patriots lose, and they lost on Friday, Friday, and even today, people are talking about, will Bill Belichick take the Giants job? Bill Belichick made a couple horrendous trades for Jacoby Brissett and, more than anything, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Will Bill Belichick leave? Is there real dysfunction between Brady, Belichick, and, of course, uh, management, Robert Kraft? So even with that negative story on Friday, which will play out in the offseason, didn't they win on the weekend? They get the Titans, who probably shouldn't be in the playoffs, gave up more points that they scored. Mariota, this is a good story, but they were going to fire Mike Malarkey for a reason. The play calling is beyond atrocious. It's fine. They are not capable of beating the New England Patriots in New England. So you, you almost have, I'm not going to say two bye weeks, but you don't have a legit hard-hitting playoff game. As opposed to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they take on a team who's beat them before that is built to beat them. And oh yeah, by the way, 
They're going to run the football straight at the Pittsburgh Steelers who still don't have Ryan Shazier. Doesn't mean that the Steelers are going to lose. It just means that here the Patriots are. They're going to have a little a day longer to prepare for the AFC Championship game because they're playing on a Saturday. They're playing against a team that is not of true elite playoff caliber. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be in an absolute war, dogfight, street fight against one of the most talented defenses, if not the most talented defense in the National Football League in the Jacksonville, ja- Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, how good is Jacksonville's defense? They have the worst quarterback in the playoffs, and they still won. First time in 18 years winning a playoff game. So the Patriots may have lost on Friday. They may lose in terms of the narrative and the reported dysfunction over Brady being ticked that he wasn't named Patriot of the Week. But they win because they get the Titans. They get the Titans on a Saturday. And they get the Steelers likely coming off an absolute war with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a pretty good win. Oh, yeah, and they're at home because Jesse James's touchdown catch was ruled by rule to be an incomplete pass. And then we have LeVar Ball. Uh, LeVar Ball, who's being uh, followed by uh, Jeff Goodman. And Jeff Goodman from ESPN is getting a lot of heat because ESPN assigned him to follow LeVar Ball, to interview LeVar Ball, to be uh, kind of the Geraldo to this LeVar Ball story, if you will. It feels a little TMZ for, uh, for ESPN, for, with the amount of credibility that ESPN has. And, and, I, and I, I disagree with the idea that Rick Carlisle has put out there, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, that because ESPN is a rights holder, they shouldn't be empowering a dad to speak about the inner workings of a team. I understand what he's saying, though. He's saying, like, look, ESPN, you're above this. You should not be chasing ratings or chasing a story when you don't put the microphone in front of any other father's face. Why are you doing this now? But LeVar Ball said, and I'm not quoting verbatim here, um, LeVar Ball said that the players don't want to play for Luke Walton. Basically, teams quit on him. Meanwhile, he's in Lithuania. Lonzo said he can play for any coach and that his dad's going to speak his mind even though he hasn't actually spoken to his dad since he got into Lithuania. Now, I understand why ESPN's covered him because this is like covering the Trump campaign. Everybody laughed at it. Everybody snickered at it. Everybody said, no way, no chance. And you know what? The guy's president of the United States. And their feeling is, you know what? It's a story. We're going to cover it. And it may be nothing, but it might be something. Let's just keep covering it. And he keeps giving us good sound bites. But instead of giving the, um, what is it called, uh, guys, when uh, you, you get the statement of support from the, yeah, when, instead of getting the, the vote of confidence, because the vote of confidence is usually followed by somebody getting fired, right? Instead of giving Luke Walton the vote of confidence, and by the way, the team beat the Atlanta Hawks yesterday, and my sources within the Lakers said that, um, Everyone within the Lakers organization is talking about it. No one is happy about it. If anything, though, it has Lonzo Ball is starting to grow into more of a leadership role. There is only one possible solution for the Lakers. You ready for it? All right. The Twitter handle is at Gottlieb Show. The phone number is 877-99 on Fox. There is only one solution for the Lakers. Very simple. LeVar Ball is not welcome at a Lakers game. 
until further notice. That doesn't mean uh, permanently. It doesn't mean he's banned for life. It just means that Magic Johnson has twice called LeVar Ball in and had cordial meetings with him, first time before they drafted him, second time about a month ago, and said, hey, we're all pulling in the same direction. You want Alonzo to be a Laker? He's a Laker. You want the Lakers to win? We want the Lakers to win. You want Lonzo to succeed? You want Lonzo to succeed. This is not helping us succeed. But we're not taking away your privileges to attend a Laker game because we don't like you or because of what you said about Luke Walton. It's because we told you not to say anything. Right? I mean, this is parenting 101, right? You can't tell a kid, you know, ground a kid for for coming in at 12.05 unless you told him his curfew was 12 o'clock. Well, I didn't know my curfew was 12 o'clock. <clears throat> I mean, even when you get pulled over for speeding, you go like, officer, I'm sorry, I didn't see the signs. Right there. Right. We told you unequivocally not to speak about the coaching staff, about the Lakers, about other players. Don't talk about the coaches. Don't talk about the players. You want to talk about Lonzo? You want to say something nice about your kid? Great. You want to build your brand? Great. But that is not acceptable, and you violated it. So we are going to take away your privilege to come to a Lakers game because what he's already done is he's made his youngest son, LaMelo, who's got a chance, a six foot five, six foot six potential point guard, to be, he won't be an NBA player because nobody's going to want to touch him. And now he's threatening to ostracize his young uh, starting point guard son for the Lakers. And we're like three months into this thing. And it doesn't even matter if what he's saying is the truth. Because the perception becomes that he gets his information, even if he doesn't talk to Lonzo, which is very possible, maybe even likely, as the sons are scared to talk to the dad. The perception is that Lonzo is telling him this, which creates a rift between the coaching staff, specifically the head coach, and the point guard. And never in the history of sport has this happened. Archie Manning was a starting quarterback in the NFL. Have you ever heard Archie Manning say a negative word about how either of his sons have been coached? Ever. No, because to steal from LeVar Ball, stay in your lane. Run your business, coach your sons, do your deal with your reality show. If it works, great. If it doesn't, fine. But dude, this is the type of things that actually ruins your son's career. It has the opposite of whatever intended positive effect you have. Stop talking. And the only Lake and the only proper thing for the Lakers to do is go, hey man, look, we talked to you before we drafted him. We talked to you a month ago. It's clearly not working. You're not welcome here until you apologize and your behavior changes. Period. It's not even confrontational. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Brian Baldinger. Breaks things down on his Twitter handle and on NFL Network better than maybe anybody in the business. Of course, former offensive lineman in the National Football League. Baldy, how are you? Hey, good morning, Doug. Uh, good afternoon, I guess. Uh, uh, doing good, man. Thanks. Let, let, let's start... Um, like, look, I understand that Andy Reid has come up short before. It should be pointed out that in Philadelphia, was it five straight NFC Championship games, and he had a Super Bowl there as well? I mean, so to people saying that Andy Reid's teams always collapse, it's not not fair, but his Chiefs teams have, and the Chiefs 
as a franchise, one home playoff win in 25 years. What went so wrong when they had that early 21-3 lead? Well, I mean, they didn't get the ball much, you know, in the second half, Doug. I mean, they had 21 snaps in the second half. I'm just going back and watching it again. Uh, there, there was a play. I mean, you could second-guess play calling and Matt Nagy and, you know, and Andy Reid in the game. I mean, they lost their, you know, they lost their number one receiver in uh, Travis Kelsey. That was a loss. Um, they lost their best defensive lineman, Chris Jones. I mean, those things happen in games. But there was one call. I mean, I don't like to second-guess a lot of play calls. There was one call, Doug. Um, on the first drive of the third quarter, they had third and less than a yard, and they ran that pitch option uh, down the line against a nine-man front, and they lost four yards, and they punted. You know, and Tennessee went down and scored, and they, they, they got right back in the game real quick. I mean, that call there, not to give the ball to Kareem Hunt in that situation, you know, whether it was a changed call by Alex Smith, I don't know, or if it was a call from the sidelines, I'm not sure, but that call you could second guess for sure. They they just didn't get the ball in the second half. You know, Tennessee played keep away, and um, you know they played really well in the second half. <clears throat> uh, it's funny that there is kind of a theme with both uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, right? Six times goal to go, they don't give the ball to Shady McCoy. Look, and I understand you got loaded up fronts and quarterbacks, and even offensive coordinators may kind of second guess themselves. But why is it so difficult to at least give the ball to your best or most likely player to score in short yardage or in goal-to-go situations? Well, you know, you can – so in that situation there, Doug, okay, it's first down, and you're at the one-and-a-half-yard line. And, you know, you flex out, you know, Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, you did trade for him, you know, a six-foot-six, you know, wide receiver for plays in situations just like this. Now, Jalen Ramsey went out there on him, and they threw a jump ball to him on first down. Now, you can't predict – that Kelvin Ramsey is going to push off on Jalen Ramsey, and you're going to lose 10 yards, you know, in the down. So those things you can't really predict. So, you know, if that's just an incompleted pass and Ramsey plays the down, you've got second down at the one, and you hand it off to Shady McCoy. You know, I mean, yes, you'd like to give it to your back, but you also don't think that you're going to lose 10 yards on offensive pass interference, and it completely changed the situation. So, well, you'd like to give it to Shady maybe on first down. I think they were very well prepared to give it to him on the next three downs. You just didn't think that it was going to be, you know, first down to 13 after that. So that's, that's what blew up in their face right there. And you can second-guess that, but you also don't know that Kelvin Benjamin is going to be guilty of the infraction. Let's, uh, let's go work our way back to the Kansas City game. Do you believe that's the last we see of Alex Smith as starting quarterback with the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know. I mean, if you go from number 27 in the draft to 10 and you give up a bunch of uh, collateral in order to go get Patrick Mahomes, you just got to believe that it's not going to be long before you give him the chance and turn the keys over to him. Now, did Alex Smith, he finished the season ranked number one in the league, you know, in quarterback rating. I mean, are you ready to just push Alex Smith out the door, put him up for trade bait, all those things? To give it to Patrick Mahomes, who played well in Week 17, that quickly, um, I got to believe that once you make the trade, and you then have seen Patrick Mahomes progress to the point where he could play really well, and actually be the first drafted quarterback by the Chiefs in 30 years to actually win a game, that you know you're ready to move on. So I think when you make that deal, it's just a matter of time until you you, you turn it over. And I think they're going to turn it over to Mahomes. I, I tend to I tend to agree with you. Let's get to the uh, the late game on Saturday. That was uh, the Rams 
and some early special teams, early special teams disaster kind of uh, triggers the Falcons and the Falcons lead the entire way. Look, I, I think most of us thought this game would be really, really close and you got the competitiveness and the experience of the Falcons going against the Rams. But what's changed with this, this Falcons secondary, a secondary that wasn't performing well early in the season to a, a secondary that did perform well late in the season. What have you seen that's changed? Well, you know, they, they played a lot of man coverage in that game, Doug. And if you go back to the Super Bowl when they were beating Tom Brady, the Patriots, 28-3, to I mean, they were throwing a blanket over all the receivers. Now, Brady played at a level in the second half that is just not really human. Um, you could have put a credit card between the coverage of Robert Alford and, you know, all the guys that played that day, Jalen Collins, all the guys that played. And, uh, you know, Brady was just that magnificent in the second half. But the coverage, the ability of Des Trufant, Robert Alford, Brian Poole, Keanu Neal, the, the ability of those guys to play man coverage is as good as there is left in the postseason. And, you know, they were not afraid to play uh, the Rams receivers, even in bunch formations where it's really tricky to play man coverage because you can get picked just like, you know, I don't know, a Steph Curry coming off a double screen. I mean, they run those things all the time for Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. And they, they covered their receivers through all of that as well as you could cover receivers. And they defended a lot of passes. And so I don't know that anything's changed. They're just capable of playing at that level. And they played at the level needed to to defend the number one offensive football. You called a bunch of Philadelphia games. Uh, you know this Eagles team as it was to start the year as it is now. Uh, what's your level of faith, if you were an Eagles fan, that the Eagles uh, can slow down the momentum and beat the Atlanta Falcons? Well, I think defensively, I think they'll be good. I mean, uh, Jim Schwartz all year long has really paced his defensive line. I mean, he's rotated eight defensive linemen regardless of the situation all year long so that they would be healthy and rested for this playoff game. And so, you know, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett didn't play in Week 17. They're going to basically get three weeks of, uh, you know, rest here to get ready for next Saturday afternoon. So I think defensively, I think they'll be as good as they can be against a really good uh, Falcon offense. The question is, where is this Philadelphia offense going to be? I mean, all year long under Carson Wentz for the first, you know, 13 games, they were the best team in football on third down by a wide margin. And Carson Wentz was the best quarterback on third down by a wide margin. And that just isn't the case anymore. And if you don't convert third downs in this business, whether it's in January or December or, you know, October, your offense isn't going to go very far. And so right now, Nick Foles is 0 for his last 15 in third-down conversions, uh, throwing the football. So that has to get better. You can run the ball. You can manage the game. You can do all those things, but you have to be able to convert third downs to stay on the field and sustain offense. And that's the question mark. And right now, I don't believe the quarterback has a lot of confidence to be able to do that. All right, let's get to Saints, Carolina Panthers. A lot of interesting stuff there. A couple throws there where it looked like Drew Brees of old, but then the the offense did go stale. Uh, What's your biggest takeaway from Saints-Panthers? Well, you know, those two teams, they know each other so well. I mean, Luke Keekley has been going up against Drew Brees now for the last six years. And they see each other twice a year, and a lot of times the games are played in in close proximity of each other. But in addition to that, they see each team in the cut-ups every week. So you're seeing all the teams, you're seeing, if you're Drew Brees, you see Carolina all the time, whether you're getting ready for them or you're getting ready for another game. You're always looking at their defense. So for them to put up 31 points, I think, was a pretty good, was pretty good. 
uh, on uh, yesterday afternoon. And Drew Brees was phenomenal. I mean, the back shoulder throws to Michael Thomas, to Josh Hill. You know, on a day where there was no running game, Carolina said, all right, your receivers and the guys I just mentioned along, you know, with some of the other characters, I mean, Bradley, you know, Bradley Coleman, whatever, they're going to have to beat us. And they, they were good enough. I mean, you get the 80-yard bomb to Ted Ginn's, uh Jr. over the top. Um, they get the touchdown to Josh Hill on a broken on a broken play by the Panthers, where they blitzed two off the edge, and one guy didn't stay home. I mean, Drew Brees made him pay. I thought on a day where they shut down the running game like no other team had done all year, for them to put up 31 points, that was an accomplishment. Uh, big injury. Um, Pete gets uh, suffers a broken mm-hmm. fibula. You yeah. lose you lose a talented guard, especially the way in which Drew Brees li- likes to step up and throw in the pocket. How damaging is that going against Minnesota this week? Well, it's damaging, but that Kenyo Salamente came in there and played pretty well. And so, you know, now you're into a depth situation where you really can't afford Josh Laribius as their next guy up if anything happens. So you really, your depth is really tested. So <clears throat> I think Drew is, is really adept at, uh, you know, his problem is, is pressure right in his face. He can handle the guys on the outside if he can't step up. That's when he has issues. And so we'll see. We'll see what he's like, you know, inside against Tommy Johnson and Linval Joseph and some of the guys that he's going to see inside this week. I'm not crazy to think that the uh, Patriots catch a little bit of a break here, right? Like, I don't know if Jacksonville can score enough to beat the, Patri- beat the Steelers, uh, but they're going to they're they're beat them up. I mean, that is a good physical football team. As opposed to the Patriots, um, I say what you want about the Titans' comeback. That that's the team I'd most want to play if I was the New England Patriots remaining in the playoffs, and they'll get an extra day to prepare for the Steelers if the Steelers survive this week. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. Um, look, I, I mean, I think the Patriots are prepared for whoever they play. I mean, they're going to adjust their game plan, their personnel, who they activate. You know, next weekend they're they're going to make all those adjustments in preparation. I don't think there's not one person in that building that's going to take anything that um, that you can do lightly, that Tennessee can do. I mean, they're going to get probably DeMarco Murray back, and so they're going to get both backs back. And, you know, DeMarco is really good, a really, really good receiver. I think they're better in a tandem than, than if it's just Derrick Henry, although you saw what Derrick Henry gets and what he can do if you just keep feeding him. So I think they're going to get the best of Tennessee. Um, but I think, I think the Patriots will be prepared regardless of who they play. Baldy, great stuff, man. Can't wait to some of these Baldy breakdowns on Twitter and on the NFL Network. Brian Baldinger. Baldy, thanks so much for joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, my pleasure, Doug. Take care, man. Pleasure. Happy New Year. Pleasure's mine. Happy New Year to you as well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Mohamed Sanu, who joins us from your defending NFC champion and still very much alive. Favored against the Eagle Atlanta Falcons. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Muhammad, how are you? I'm great. How you guys doing? Good, man. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't pick you to win the game, but I thought, like, look, if there's a team that needs to be very cautious about the team they're playing, it's the Rams playing the Falcons. And the thought was, you guys are experienced, house money, playing your best football, playing much better football last month of the season than you had been playing, especially once you got Devontae Freeman back healthy. But take me back to... Friday leading into Saturday, what were your thoughts heading into the Rams game? Uh, just honestly, just go out there and do my job. Uh, I know, you know, my brothers are going to do theirs. You know, we we had a great week of prep, so we knew what we you know had ahead of us, and just go out there and play ball. 
Um, don't listen to any outside noise. We we know what we have in house in the brotherhood, and we we know what we can do. So we're just gonna keep it like that. Um, how much did how much did it change getting out to a six nothing lead early? Uh, obviously, when you get the ball and you get two you know quick possessions, then they fumbled even up uh, down six nothing. They gave you a couple opportunities to score. I know it's frustrating to not put touchdowns, you know, put put sixes and sevens up on the scoreboard. But to have at least a six nothing buffer, how much did that kind of change? If or did it change the mentality of the team? Uh, you know, being being able to get points on the board and you know capitalize on turnovers is just huge. And uh, we were able to you know get some type of points. Uh, you know, Money Matt did a great job getting us points on the board, and you know we took advantage of opportunities. Uh, you know, we got to continue to keep building to make sure we, we turn those you know threes into sevens uh game in the balance late you catch would should we consider that a bubble screen a jailbreak screen like how how would you term your 52 yard catch and run what would you technically call it it was just a screen screen play and uh you know coach called a great play at the, at the time and it, it worked great uh, we executed well you know we had guys come out and make key blocks on it and on the perimeter for me and i just seen a crease and i took it yeah, Mark Barron wanted no part of you too. I don't know if you saw the film. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted, He looked at you. He's like, "Nah, run away, freight train. I'm gonna pass." But uh, can't take it to the house, huh? I mean, like, look, man, 52 yards, but no, no six points. What's going on? Hey, you know, setting it up for Julio. I got you. I understand. It was a pretty remarkable throw, really, from 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 Matt. If you think, if you, I don't know if you've seen the replay. Like, you guys were slip. What was going on with the field where everybody was slipping all night? That I. I mean, it's not like the weather was bad. Why was the tur- Why was the surface so difficult? Uh, it was hard ground. Uh, it wasn't really, you know, soft, and the grass was really low, so your cleats couldn't really get get in the ground, and it was a little damped from the air. A little moist Southern California air. I mean, nonetheless, like Matt's right foot gave out, and he somehow threw it like I mean, a perfect lofted pass to Julio. That, that was. It's one of those ones to which, if you kind of look in the scorecard, you're like ah, short pass, Julio Jones. Julio probably made a play, but that was really Matt with his foot slipping out, flipping out, making a great play. Yeah, he threw a phenomenal ball, and uh, he placed it where it needed to be, and he was able to make a play on it. Um, it was just Matt being Matt. Okay, so you go into the locker room. Was it matter-of-fact? Was it celebratory? What was it like after you go in and you beat a Rams team uh, that had been a dominant offense? Your defense shuts them down. You guys win 26-13. to Muhammad Sanu, give me a sense of what that locker room was like after the game. Oh, we were very, very energetic. Uh, we definitely celebrated a bit. And then, you know, we packed up and got on a plane ride home and uh, got ready for for the Eagles. You know what you can't say this week, though? You can't do the nobody believed in us because Vegas actually has you as favorites. You know you guys can't do that. We're not really worried about that. We're just worried about <laughs> prepping, you know, the way we've been prepping these last couple of weeks and, you know, putting in the work. Um, you know, anybody can say what they want. We just got to go put in the work and, Leave it all out there. Okay, so you guys enter the game having won four of your last five. There, there are rest versus momentum people. Obviously, you guys, you didn't have the opportunity to rest, but you've had that opportunity in the past. Uh, what's your sense of how much of a benefit it is that you guys have been playing and playing well versus the fatigue of having to play these must-win games in order to get to the Eagles game? Uh, they're both. I mean, you can see the benefit of each side, you know. Um, being restful is very is very key to play fast and physical and and you know having a lot of how to like speed to your to your side but also you know having momentum and you know having the speed of the game and being playing the week before also helps too so you know it's just about who's able to go out there and execute better and you know make 
make hay on the plays that they have come their way. What What do you think's changed so much with your defense, right? Like, I mean, look, they have all kinds of weapons, and your defense, for the most part, locked them up. What have you seen that's changed, especially with that defensive backfield? I mean, our, our, our defenses are remarkable. The way they play uh, and the way they practice and prepare, you just see it week in and week out. They, they play so outstanding throughout the week. And you can see the actual work that they put in and, and how, how they prep throughout the week. So, you know, it's only right for them to play the way they do play. All right, so listen, um, you have, what, the ultimate playoff experience? Two tickets to the divisional game this Saturday against the Eagles, hotel accommodations, airfare, and uh, people go to your, your website, MohammedSanu12.com. Why, why, why are you giving away these two tickets? That seems like something that's pretty valuable. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to give fans, you know, something for them to, to be able to look forward to. Uh, have a great time, uh, experience, because not a lot of people get to experience things like this. So, you know, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, have somebody have a great opportunity to go out there and, and you know, enjoy you know, a road trip with us. Uh, look, last year, obviously, you guys are close to winning a Super Bowl, but the ability to get back there, like it's two more wins in front of you. Any sense it might be more rewarding to do it this year, considering how many bumps there were? I mean, the three-game losing streak, losing four to five, people considering you guys not a playoff team, playoff, Super Bowl, hangover. Would it actually be kind of more rewarding to get back there this year? I mean, we're just we're actually just worried about this week, honestly. I mean, we always... People always hear say this, say that, say this, but for us, we're worried about the Eagles. Um, they're a great team ahead of us, and you can't be looking down the line. You got to be worried about right now. You got to handle business now in order to get back there. So we we worried about those guys up there. All right, fair enough. You going over to the game tonight? You staying at home watching on TV? No, I watch it from the comfort of my home. Yeah, I can't blame you. Who you like, Georgia? Yeah. I know, like I know, no ties, but Georgia or Bama? Who you like? Honestly, I mean, I I like them both, but I don't I, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna win. Uh, it's, it's, it all depends on certain things, like if you know Georgia can get the running game going, and you know Jake Fromm can get the pass game going, then I, I mean, they might have a shot. But if Bama comes out and play like Bama does, then you know Bama definitely going. Yeah, but going. then Julio's just gonna be talking the whole week. You're like, oh, enough, enough, right? I mean, look, I, I mean, Julio doesn't really talk like that. I mean, honestly, Julio is just real laid back. Uh, by the way, uh, Julio's catch when you guys were up twenty-eight to three—that's still the best catch in the Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, I like of, of all the things that get, get caught in the in the ridiculous end of that game, I, I've I can't I can't remember a better catch. Have you personally ever had a better catch than that catch? No, I've never seen anything like that one. That's like, a, honestly, yeah. the way he got up in the air and caught it and was able to keep his body like hanging like that and get both feet in. That was remarkable. No, that's remarkable. Uh, MohammedSanu12.com. Go to his official website for gear news. He's been great enough to join us a couple times this year. Hey, man, enjoy watching the game tonight. Safe travels to Philly. Come back with a dub, and uh, we'll be hopefully talking to you, getting ready for an NFC Championship game. I appreciate you guys, man. You guys have a great one. All right, that's Mohamed Sanu joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now... <laughs> what does the fuck say? Hmm. Nick Wright is uh, one of the co-hosts of First Things First TV show that you can hear on Sirius XM Channel 83, our Fox Sports Radio station on uh, Sirius XM. He had this to say about Cam Newton. This is why I've 
always been a supporter of Cam. I've loved watching him play. When he plays well, he's as good as anybody in football. And he does things and takes hits and gets first downs with his legs, unlike any other quarterback in the league. I left that game feeling the same way that I went going into that game, which is there are, there are five quarterbacks in this league that I would take over Cam Newton. Brady, Ben, one of them was going against yesterday, Breeze, Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. That's the list. Now, six through ten we can argue about. I think Cam's the next guy on that list. Cam had to do everything. And people will say, oh, he's got this great defense. Over the last seven weeks of the year, they had the dead last defense in the league, dead last pass defense in the league showed up yesterday. Oh, they have this great running game. Take away Cam's rushing stats, and it's the 31st-ranked running game in the league. Okay. Uh, again, like, I haven't heard anybody say he's the number six quarterback. Like, six per 10 is arguable. Uh, okay. But he wouldn't be part of that argument. <laughs> that, that's the, right? <laughs> that is what he said, right? Six through 10 is arguable. Uh, okay. Is, is he, would you rather have Cam Newton as your starting quarterback or Carson Wentz? Would you rather have Cam Newton? Like, look, you're going to have to open up yourself to the fact that Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, um, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, who he lost to uh, two weeks ago. Like, look, Cam Newton, in a, in a league in which you have to be able to throw the football consistently and accurately in order to be successful. Like, like we're, we're, what, seven years in to the Cam Newton experience? Seven years in. And this is who he is. Like, at the end of seven years, th- this is who you are. Look at his passer ratings. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games of below 70 as a passer. Now, he did have four games of above 120. Four games. So he has some peaks, but he has some values. And when your completion percentage is below 60%, when your quarterback rating is at 80, when throughout your career, look, look, as his, through his career, he is a 58% passer. That's who he is. His quarterback rating the past two years has been 75.8 and 80.7. That's who he is. Like, who signs up for that? I'm not saying he's terrible. But he's closer to being bottom half of starters than he is to top half of starters. So, yeah, we can argue over the six through 10 quarterbacks. Absolutely. You know, where would I put Jimmy Jesus on that list? Where would I put Matt Stafford on that list? Where would I put Big Ben? Would I consider Derek Carr, who had a great year two years ago and a disappointing year this year? But as a, with a, as a, with a disappointing year, his quarterback rating and completion percentage were both and touch were both better than Cam Newton. He runs it because he can't throw it and because he's really, really big. But do you think they want him to run? Like, no, they wanted to make him into a more of a pocket passer because he'll last longer that way. But they realized he's not good at that. You know, like what he gets credit for yesterday, he made some great throws late in that game. Made a couple of just unbelievable throws. But him getting credit for like the Christian McCaffrey catch and run. Do you know this is the 12th? You know what this is the anniversary of? Anniversary of the Tebow play. 
right? The Tebow completion to Demarius Thomas. 88 yards. Or a 10-yard completion that Demarius Thomas ran the rest of the way. But Tebow used to get credit for putting out a fire that he started. Like, man, sure, Tebow came back and really looked better in the fourth quarter. That's because he was so atrocious for quarters one through three in the defense and running game and shortening the game. Limited how many times he had to throw on third and long. Protected him from himself. So I don't know anyone outside of Nick Wright who would consider Cam Newton the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. Matt Ryan's had a down year. You'd still rather have Matt Ryan as quarterback. You just would. Uh, You'd rather have Phillip Rivers as quarterback. I don't know for how much longer, right? There were some times in which Phillip Rivers showed his age, but at 36 years old, yeah, I'd rather have Phillip Rivers as quarterback. He had a 96 rating. He he completed 63% of his passes. And it's not his fault. Like we want to go fault. Like it's not his fault. He didn't have a kicker. The first, he didn't really have a kicker this year. If they did, they would have won eleven or twelve games, and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Like I don't think Cam is terrible. I do think Cam competes. But Cam, when you're consistently inconsistent for seven years, that's who you are. It's not like we've seen a leveling off. It's not like we're like, wow, he's really getting better. He's starting to refine himself as a passer. Like, dude, the numbers are actually super consistent. Last four years, completion percentage, 58.5, 59.8, 52.9. Last year when they tried to make him a pocket passer, 59. Quarterback rating during his great year was 99.4. That was the peak last year, 75.8. You throw that out and the rest are all mid-80s. That's who he is. And that's not top five, top 10 worthy quarterback. It's not even worthy of discussion. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.